Hey everybody, welcome back to the Look It All podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. Today we are discussing 1917 from 2019, directed by Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes is also a producer and co-writer on this, joined by Christy Wilson Karens. Um, she is best well known for Penny Dreadful and Fink, Think Again, and Dollface, among other things. Sam Mendez is best well known for being a director of Skyfall, one of the better 007 movies, but he unfortunately followed it up with Spectre three years later in 2015. He's also known for being a director on Road to Pernition and Revolutionary Road. He also brought American Beauty to us in 1999. I believe that was his debut on the big screen. In addition to Jarhead in 2005, which was probably his first... I think that was his first war film. I'm not sure if Road to Perdition was actually... I don't think it was a war film. So, um, that's Sam Mendez's background. And those are the writers that are on behind the scenes. On the front of the screen... Well, let's, let's, let's stay behind the scenes real quick. Um, cinematographer Roger Deakins, legend. Most people know him best well for obviously 1917, but he's also a cinematographer on The Goldfinch. I actually haven't seen that. Blade Runner 2049, Hail Caesar, Sicario 2015, Unbroken 2014, Prisoners 2013, Skyfall with Sam Mendes again in 2012. And so maybe we lost him inspector and that's where we don't have that same cinematography but beautiful cinematography he's also in animation he's um well he was the cinematographer in in time which was not that great of a movie rango true grit the company men serious men uh man revolutionary road again with sam mendez uh and uh, no country for old men the assassination of Cow- uh, the jesse james by the coward robert ford Jarhead again with Sam Mendes. So he's worked with Sam Mendes a lot. I wonder if he was actually on American Beauty with him. He was on Fargo. Yeah, Roger Deakins. Good Lord. I didn't know he was this prominent in all these amazing movies. Uh, the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, my Lanta. Yeah, this is The Big Lebowski. Holy Santa Claus. Oh, brother with all my back. I guess he works a lot with uh, the uh, Coen brothers as well. So Roger Deakins is giving us some amazing visuals on this. Um, apparently, they've all been working um you know, in uh, tandem together trying to bring this project um, together. So Lee Smith is one of the, is the editor on here. Oh, okay. And he is the editor for Christopher Nolan's movie. Some of my favorite movies actually. And uh, actually he edited X-Men Dark Phoenix. I don't know. I don't know about that, but uh, he also edited uh, Dunkirk 2017, Spectre 2015, Interstellar 2014, uh, Ender's Game thir- tw- 2013, Elysium 2013, Dark Knight Rises, X-Men First Class. His dude's done a lot. Inception, The Dark Knight. Um, I wonder who if he was the only one on The Dark Knight. Okay, check that real quick. Yeah, he, he was the guy that directed The Dark Knight. So the reason we might like this movie, you know, this much, and I was actually kind of having Christopher Nolan vibes watching this movie. This, it, it all makes sense. Um, we have some of this, a lot of the same technical crew from it. So, as a matter of fact, Dunkirk was a 2017 movie, I believe, uh, brought by the same 
editor, um, Lee Smith. And I was not crazy about the editing on Dunkirk. I actually thought the editing in that was um, not that... It it did not help enhance the feel of the movie for me personally. It actually led to more confusing parts. But that's that's for another cast. Um, 1917 is the movie I wanted Dunkirk to be um, two, three years ago now. I'm actually watching this in 2020 just slightly after it's been released at the end of 2019. So this movie stars Dean Charles Chapman as Lance Corporal Blake. We best know him for playing Tommen Baratheon in Game of Thrones most recently. Um, He's also been in uh, Before I Go to Sleep and The King most recently. Um, George McKay plays Lance Corporal Schofield and... George McKay, I've only seen him in one thing, uh, Captain Fantastic, and I will say, yes, ironically, it is a fantastic movie. Um, And he's pretty damn good in it as well. He also plays in Peter Pan and Pride. Um, So, I don't really want to talk about the cameos that are in this movie, because I had a really good time not knowing exactly where this movie was going. I just had a ball not watching the trailer, not knowing what was going to happen. Apparently, the trailer did not sell one of the biggest parts about this movie, and that's the majority... If you don't want to know anything about this movie, and I think that I, if you're even a little bit interested in these, these people that have made this movie, like I said, if you like Inception, if you like, if you even liked Dunkirk a little bit, some if you uh, like Saving Private Ryan, if you like some of those classic war films... This is a war film unlike any other because it's following the journey of two young soldiers going through war but not necessarily having to they're they're almost having to go through the travesties of war and not necessarily actually commit in the war. They're not actually in the war if that makes sense. They are almost post the war. They're almost beside the war. So um but it's this movie is extremely immersive. I believe Dunkirk at the very beginning had some very long takes, very one long takes. Um, This movie is shot in a way that is supposed to look like several, like almost, it's supposed to be stitched together like multiple long takes. And of, um, I don't really want to say too much past that. If that, if that sounds like a technical achievement that you'd be interested in seeing absolutely go see this in the screen i was floored watching this i i felt like we were holding on to the back of one of the soldiers that we were we we were going along this um i don't want to say ride like as if it's like a like some people are comparing this to like a, a ride of some sort just you know, like I've heard theme park ride before, but that doesn't, that doesn't sound right to me. And I've also heard this talked as a uh, video game esque, but that's not, that's it's this movie is doing things that other movies don't, don't typically do because it is extremely difficult to do what they are achieving in this movie. It's shot in extremely long takes, which make it feel that, that you are immersed with these soldiers. You're following two soldiers during the First World War who are given an impossible mission. 
deliver a message deep in enemy territory that will stop 1,600 men and one of the soldiers' brothers from walking straight into a deadly trap. And so immediately we are endeared to at least one of these soldiers and his best buddies. And so we we want we have an emotional drive and emotional purpose to go along this journey on this impossible road. And the way that the camera is following these these guys, it is it it it's something I like to call like God cam. It feels like the camera is just weightless sitting right on the back of one of these uh, guys. I'm and, and of course we're, we're, we'll we'll um the camera will turn and we can see their expressions and we'll be able to see what's going on. But there are no reaction shots. We don't when the camera is following somebody behind them and they're walking into a room. The camera's not going to turn around and show us what our what the main characters are doing. It's looking at what they're looking at, and it's not always like that. But it's it's very immersive in a way that you don't always get to see reaction shots. It always feels like there's only one camera in the room. And that's technically how it's, how it's shot. Um, and the edits that are completed within the movie are, a fair, I'd say they're pretty seamless. If you were not involved in any production, um, like if you have no idea what video production is at all, um, then I'd say the majority of people that might believe this was actually shot all in one take, um, give or take, a um, couple scenes. But anyways, this movie is a technical feature that deserves all the awards and all the appraise it's getting. It probably, it absolutely would have got number two on my um, top of 2019, and I wish I had a better platform to tell people to go see this, but you need to see this on the biggest best sounding looking screen and sound system as possible it uh it deserves that and it's an emotional ride that absolutely pays off for me at the very end i did talk to one of my buddies mark who's a little bit more into i'd say just war I don't want to say like warfare media. I, I just think he's a little bit more rehearsed in it. He, he likes like Saving Private Ryan. He likes Enemy at the Gates. He likes all these uh, war films that have come out in the last like 20, 30 years. He's, I'm pretty sure he likes Hacksaw Ridge. And, you know, he, he, he likes just um, war movies. He's, he's that kind of guy, I guess. Um, but I asked him to watch it and he said he really liked it as well. It's not quite as much combat as he as he was ex- as he was expecting, but I can totally understand that if he was going and looking for a little bit more of that, that it would probably be, you might want just a little bit more if that's what you're looking for. Cause this is not your typical war film. It's not saving private Ryan at all. It's almost showing the results of saving private Ryan and trying to stop it. So the message behind the movie is so much more heartfelt than most war films I can really relate to, I guess, because it feels like such a personal message. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen Saving Private Ryan, so I don't really want to do too many comparisons to that because I mostly remember that for the, the 
the gory factor, not so much the emotional factor. And I know there's a massive emotional factor in Saving Private Ryan regarding the crew. So, um, from a technical standpoint, I was absolutely fucking blown away from 1917. Let me um, talk about the pros of this movie that I really liked. The directing and the acting. The emotional payload that these characters had to endure on these long takes seems almost close to impossible. I mean, it actually feels like these characters are experiencing the pain they're going through. And I don't even know how they're doing it, especially with uh, out cutting to a different take. You know, you never really think about it until you see it all in one take. But when someone gets hurt in movies, normally when someone gets shot, it'll cut to the person that just got shot and they're like, oh, my gut. And then it'll show their gut and it'll show their face and then they'll fall over. It's almost let's just say it's three different sh- you know, shots or the camera will cut almost immediately as he's shot or the guy will fall over in a way that is clearly obvious that there's something under him. This, this movie is going all in one take, so it feels like we're actually actually seeing, uh, you know, people, you know, having to endure real pain. Like, how did they get things, you know, people are get like stuck in their hand, like, like a needle or something like that. It's like, it's like the camera was going for that long and then it looks like he actually got something stuck in his hand and he has to keep on going. Um, it's, uh just small moments that really add up to thinking like how did they do that like did I just watch watch something actually happen like this is so much to handle just watching these guys and you're not just with these two men you're with an entire you know there's an entire war going on so it's that much immersion makes it feel like you were actually on this. I don't want, like I said, I don't want to say ride, but it, you were stuck with these guys, no matter what they're doing. Like no matter if there's something exploding or if there's something, if you're being shot at, you're trying to get away or you're trying to go just as fast as they are. And the camera is not pulling out so that you can see, um, that how big of a farm they're in or that the camera's not, staying too close to their face. It feels very much just like the camera's just staying right there. The score. I love the score in this. Um, one thing about the Dunkirk score is I, I felt like that was leaning way too heavily on the time ticking aspects or the editing aspects of the score and leaning so heavily on it. This is a very subtle score that tells you what type of scene you're in. You, the thing about a movie is when you make a cut, when you make a blatant cut in a movie, it makes it so much easier for the editor and I guess the the people that are providing the, uh, you know, the composer to make a score that fits that next scene that just starts with a, just like that. But if the scene has to, has to almost ease out because the camera never, never actually shows a cut. I'd say a blatant cut really it doesn't show that um, that that it almost feels like a play in a way and 
I heard comparisons that it some people were saying it feels like a video game in a way, just in the way that the camera follows people. I never felt like that. I well, maybe two minutes at the beginning, I had that feeling just in the way the the communication with the uh, the two guys were. But I mean, it, it felt almost seamless, and it washed over me once the once it began. Um, but I absolutely. I, I I love this movie, um, and the score really elevated it to the next level. Let me see if I didn't mention the score. Thomas Newman, who is best well known for bringing the score on. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, um, this is soundtrack. No, he does a lot of soundtrack work. Oh wow! So he was on the score of. 1917, The Highwaymen on Netflix, uh, Thank You for Your Service, Passengers, Finding Dory, Spectre 2015, um, okay, so he worked with Sam Mendes before, Skyfall again, Side Effects, um, The Help, The Adjustment Bureau, and I don't really like that, oh, he was on WALL-E, so yeah, I, and he worked with uh, him on Jarhead, and I believe he was also on, oh, Finding Nemo, and The Road to Perdition, and earned let me see green mile american beauty yep he was and so he's done a lot of uh, memorable scores actually now that i'm looking at it i love oh he was also on a uh, shawshank redemption as well interesting joining uh, roger deakins so we got the look we got the sound we got the direction we got the acting but what about the writing did the acting support the writing? Well, personally, I thought that the writing felt very natural. It didn't feel too much like they were having to explain what was going on and who they were. It felt very much like we learned who they were through how they spoke and how they acted. And I thought that was one of the more uh, one of the more smooth aspects of the of the movie that's probably not going to get talked about too much. I really loved how they uh, incorporated stories from previous, um, I guess, expeditions they had to go on that really set the tone for how how we were supposed to feel later. Um, the set design, I thought the set design was spectacular. I don't even know how the hell they did this movie um, with some of these long takes. It felt like the camera just went on forever. You are going on... Uh, going over warfare, there's there's scenes where it looks like a thousand men are running at, in one direction, and when our guy has to run in the opposite, it, it it looks like how did and the camera has to float seamlessly above all of these people. It's going over creeks, it's going over cliffs, it's going over every fucking thing. It doesn't even it it surpasses just about the majority of uh, directorial stuff. I've seen in the past like year. I mean, it really sets the bar. Um, I'm saying directorial stuff, but I guess camera work is what I'm looking for. Editing, like I said, it's extremely good. Um, it's extremely immersive to almost a disorienting point. The disorienting thing about it is that we're staying basically with the same single lens with these guys the entire time and so we can't 
see the scale of things, how big things are, how small things are. Because because we're staying with them the whole time, that's basically how, I mean, you know, it's not cut into a wide shot is what I'm saying. This movie shows the power of teamwork in the travesties of war. And the movie doesn't revel in it, you know, having amazing visuals. And apparently the marketing isn't pushing this as a uh, a one-hit wonder, as in like it's, you know, all in one take. Because... Because of the topic, because it's about war, you don't want to say you're glorifying it in a way. And like I said, it really does feel like this camera is the third person in the room. The cons for this movie. I'd say there's not really that many cons. I I really like this movie. The video game game aspects, you know, uh, you find your man. You go talk to the guy that gives you the stuff that tells you your mission. Then you have to go complete the mission and probably use the items you pick up on the way. I totally get that. But, I mean, that's kind of just like the storytelling, I guess. You know, there's always a MacGuffin, I guess. Um, It it didn't bother me. The CGI animals in this, I thought, probably could have had another render. But that was probably the only thing about the movie that I think might age a little bit. Um, other than that, I think this is pretty much a seamless movie. Let me talk about some spoilers real quick. Spoilers for 1917. The positioning of the actors is how the start. Sorry, the positioning of the actors is how they start and end. Um, we see uh, George McKay. What's his name? George McKay. Let me see. <clears throat> 1917. Sorry. Uh, we see Corporal Blake laying down in the same position that he is stabbed in. We see George McKay laying against the tree in the same position that he ends in the final movie. I love how it starts with the flowers and ends with the flowers. And we don't get terribly too much backstory on them, but we get just enough to really care about who these people are and the motivation. I felt like Dunkirk did a pretty poor job of explaining the motivation behind all of the characters of Dunkirk because we're editing because it's edited between several different points of view that they never really connect in a way that these two characters connected with um I just I I I really applauded this movie for having the ability to have such a technical achievement but not only that but to follow it up with heart and something that I actually cared about the guys with. The ticking watch at the beginning is very much how the movie is wanting you to feel. And I believe it's when they're talking to uh, Colin Farrell's character, um, which I didn't know exactly which cameos. I know we got Colin Farrell. We got uh, the guy that plays Moriarty. What's his name? Um, uh, Daniel Mays, Colin Firth. uh, What's his name? Um, Andrew Scott, that's who I'm thinking of, sorry. And uh, Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm I'm kind of pissed that they showed Cumberbatch and even Colin Firth in the movie. Uh, like, they could have sold me off of just having Tommen in the movie. I really like him. I don't, I'm, and George McKay, maybe. Um, but after this, I'm down to see them all in anything. Um, I'll, 
I had heard some of the uh, complaints of the cameos were too video game cutscene-ish, and I did kind of have a little bit of a, oh shit, this is a, okay, now insert this cameo, and now insert this cameo, because it did kind of feel like that in a way, but I think Mark Strong's cameo worked the best for me. Um, let me see who, uh, Moriarty was uh, pretty good too, I keep, uh, Andrew Scott, sorry, I keep calling him that. Um, the Dead, oh my gosh, just at the beginning, I think it's almost immediately they're having to crawl over in No Man's Land, and The Dead, the, just the set design and what they actually had to endure in the the, pra the practic practical effects that they were using were amazing. I, I mean, it actually felt like they were crawling over dead bodies, stinking, smelling, uh, we t talked about the hand thing. He gets pricked in the hand, but then immediately falls into um, a dead body, and that's gonna have fucking green. Uh, what is it? Green gang green or whatever. Oh my! Oh my! I was like, holy fuck! I was like, this is some next, next level. I was like, oh, such a visceral reaction, so disgusting. Oh my gosh! Um, going along with the disorienting nature of this movie they were talking about just some of the problems and just how they feel in some points, not knowing what day it is like that, that sucks. Just sitting out there in the cold, not exactly sure what day it is. You're just sitting there waiting for something to happen, waiting for someone to tell you to do something. It's like, Holy fuck. How did they do this? Um, and it really does. I, I think David Chin said something about how, um, how much of a waste war can be and it does feel like we just have all these things geared up ready to just go throw it at something and it doesn't seem like there's always a hundred percent uh it doesn't seem like there's always a hundred percent uh uh not like this like we don't always have the same backing it seems like some people just want to it's this movie is saying some people just want to fight some people are saying you got to fight till the last breath you got to be the last man standing and then there's other people saying i just want to go home and so this movie has a lot of different perspectives when it's talking about uh the you know perspectives of war and, and how it affects different people um i mean it is amazing seeing the difference in or, you know, how, how they depict different people throughout this movie. Some people are just ready to die. Some people are just fucked up. Some people are drinking. Some people are just crying their eyeball, you know, the ball in their eyeballs out on the front line because they know they're going to die. It's just like, it is a fucking, I'm, I, I, this movie is an experience is what, what you're going to say or what you're going to call it. And it's not like Victoria when it's all in one take, like I said. But it still gives you that same sort of experience. I was thinking, how did these actors not actually get hurt? Because a lot of the, so many of the takes feel like these guys actually had to get hit by things, actually got stabbed by things. When when uh, Lieutenant uh, Blake, God dang it, why do you keep taking me off that? When Lieutenant Dean Charles Chapman, when Tommen gets stabbed, uh, yeah, Lieutenant Blake gets stabbed, and he turns white. As he's just bleeding out and stops breathing, it, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" It, it, there were so many times I was like, "Holy fuck! Holy fuck! Holy fuck!" It was the hand thing. It was the rat trap. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And then, 
and then he's trying to get George, uh, he's trying to get Corporal Schofield out when he's covered all in bricks, and you think he might be dead at one point? I was placing mental bets that uh, Lance Corporal Schofield, who actually makes it at the end, was going to be the one that died. I was like, I mean, if you think about it, he's probably going to lose a hand at least, but uh, the amount of things this guy has to go through is just fucking insane to the point where everybody in the movie is saying you're not going to make it and everything that is hinging on this guy's back is uh is well corporal break's brother who's played by rob stark and uh and 1600 men so there's so much writing on that that you're just pushing for him to go 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 and all you want him to do is go 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 and uh, honestly, the way that the pacing uh, is influenced in the movie, I think it works perfectly because there's kind of almost like trap after trap after trap, or it's more like, you know, speed bump after speed bump after speed bump, but like the biggest speed bumps in your ass, but like <laughs> the worst speed bumps of your life. Uh, yeah, that's what George McKay and Dean Charles Chapman had to go through the majority of the movie. Um but we lose Corporal Blake, I think, like 45 minutes in the movie or something like that, which is not what I was expecting after the, they pull the German guy out and they're trying to save him from burning. And the guy stabs him. I was like, fuck. I was like, damn it. It's like, that's what you get for trying to be a good person. And I was like, damn it. Are we seriously going to lose him? And we did. And so that leads me to uh, how the hell did they not hear like... 20 different people um or sorry like the entire army how did blake not hear the uh, sorry showfield not hear the entire army pulling up when blake was uh dying in front of him also when there was that dog fight going on it, it was almost entertaining at first and then you realize that they're about to be in danger and then what eventually fucking happens but um the dog fight they're like cheering it on at first and saying are we winning but at first they're like we don't even know it's a, if it's our planes I was like, holy fuck, this sucks. Like, war sucks so much that you just send your soldiers in there and you don't even know who you're fighting. Like, you don't even know if you're about to get shot or bombed from above. Of course you're going to have PTSD of, you know, you don't know if you're going to get shot by your own man or not. It just, it, it just seems insane. Um, like, how did anyone communicate back in the day? <laughs> I, like, it, it just, it, it, it it's, it, it really puts you in the position of, holy fuck, I, it really makes sense why the body count for World War One was so high. It just the worst conditions ever. Um, not to, you know, put away any other war, just from what I've heard, World War One was really bad um, among a lot of them um, for some of these reasons. So the rat trap, it's so small, but that's the way it, well, it the the little the little parts of the movie that really got me excited or that, that really had me like holy shit was the hand thing, him putting it through the dead guy, the rat trap, the way it kind of is smaller, and then you suddenly find out it's almost like a maze. It's like ding ding ding, bing, and it's like oh fuck, it's like wasn't expecting that, and so you're just trying to get out of every situation with these guys, the dog fight him uh losing corporal blake right there and then they have time to actually 
sit down with some other soldiers and you get to hear some other stories and you learn a little bit more about what they're going through. And I think there were some other soldiers of other ethnicities that were on this bus. I was actually surprised about how diverse the 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 cast was considering it was British soldiers in um, 1917. So um, I, I really enjoyed how they show the joke earlier in the movie with Bla- uh, Corporal Blake and him telling him how the guy had his ear ra- uh, munched off or something like that on axe or got bitten off. And then you have to see Corporal Schofield hear another story similar like that. But this is after we lose Blake and he's uh, sitting on that uh that truck, which I don't even know how the camera was sitting in the truck. The cam, if you look at a a, a a real movie camera, I'm talking those things are fucking huge. How was it sitting in there with those people? Like I, I have so many questions. So I, I just want to see the behind the scenes. Um, so yeah, I it it was hard to watch when he was upset about his friend. I thought it was also interesting that uh, they bring up the some men just want to fight. And it's interesting they needed some witnesses so that everyone knew that they weren't supposed to attack. That it seemed like there might have been times in war where they were told not to attack, but yet they did it anyway because they didn't have enough people in the room telling them no. And so that that's just something that I don't think I've ever heard immediately in in movies or film or cinema, but I'm, I'm glad it's brought up um, because I'm personally, you know, I, 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 I'm just surprised that this is the way the movie takes it. Um, I don't know if you would say the majority of people that create cinema based on war are anti-war. I need to go back and see what uh, Stanley Kubrick did with uh, Platoon in Full Metal Jacket, but I think that might be a good way to start maybe checking out some of that. Um, I'd say that that uh, scene with the baby, I was like, how did they do that? I was blown away with the baby acting. I was, you know, cutting to have a baby for like multiple minutes. Mm. Nuh-uh. Hard to do. Give that uh, baby an Oscar. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I love the river shots, uh, the rapids that we have to go over. The, the, the camera is seamlessly going over the rapids. And uh, seeing the, the building on fire when he's in, uh, in the middle of no man's land. And then he has to take out that one guy. Uh, he has to shoot one guy, and then he gets he he the the screen cuts black after he gets shot and falls down and hits his head. I mean, L- Lieutenant uh, Schofield has got multiple contusions, multiple concussions. This dude is fucked up by the end of this, and I was just like, how is he living? Um, through the rapids, through uh, through getting back to the very end and running into like a thousand men running into battle and having to go against. Everyone telling him, no, 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 you're not going to make it. And then when he gets there, he almost doesn't get the, the message through. It's like, holy fuck, this is the, 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 it's, it's the, the last mile. It's the last little bit. You just, you're, you're right there at the end zone. Just, just get it. Just go. And you just want him to get it. And it's the most, I don't know about cathartic is the most, I don't know if that's the right word to say cathartic because that sounds more like 
relieving, but it does feel satisfying to see him there at the very end, able to sit back in the flowers and look at his, um, I think it was his wife. But yeah, we get some great backstory or just small backstory just regarding how he feels about metals and and I guess that's just how he feels about war um and we get a little bit of you know Rob Stark talking about his uh, his younger brother and that's very moving um it's a it's it's a wonderful movie and I really can't say enough good things about it and this is one of the movies I wanted to rewatch almost immediately and I'm Kicking myself in the foot for not seeing this in IMAX sooner, but Bad Boys is already out, so I'm, I'm too late. So I'm gonna go see it in uh, another like smaller IMAX um, theater because there's like LIMAX, which is almost as big. So that's probably what I'm gonna go for. But I just wanted to go for even bigger screen. I was like, I need the full experience. Give me the give me the limax over nothing, I guess. But I thought overall this is an amazing set pieces, superior direction, technical achievement from top to bottom. Um, this is not exactly a war movie, but it's a movie about young men in war, if that makes sense. Um, because it's more about the men and not so much. I wouldn't say it's too much about. I mean, you're just set in the war. You're set in a war, but it's not a. I don't know. It's it's hard to kind of describe because I feel like it's more about the men than the war, or by I mean about the characters, and uh, that's why I really liked it. I gave this as a ten out of ten. I'd probably go back and maybe do it a nine out of ten, but it, it deserves to be up there with uh, best of two thousand twenty nineteen. Thank you for listening to the Luck Dog Podcast. Check out all the other podcasts at Luck Dog Podcast SoundCloud. Check out uh, comments, questions, concerns can be sent to the Podcast at gmail.com. Support at paypal.me slash Podcast. And thank you for listening, watching, whatever you're doing. Supporting the podcast always helps. Hope you all are having a wonderful 2020. Hope Australia stopped burning with the, the bushfires. I'm, I'm just, I hate hearing about that. It sucks. And all the animals and people and just loss of loss of life and stuff it's just it's, it's sad so uh, really send what you can support down there help support you know your local podcasters keep us rolling you already know what it is um let me see what else we got coming down I just reviewed hustlers not too long ago i wanted to uh, wait a little bit for that so check that out that'll be coming down the tube pretty pretty soon we released all of the star wars um sequels uh reviews you can go back and check those out if you're interested in that uncut gems another goldie from um 2019 so go ahead and check out some of those movies and then go check out the reviews on uh, the luck of all podcast on soundcloud or apple itunes or google play whatever you're on thank you for listening to the luck of all podcast oh, also overcast that's a good that's a good podcast player um thank you for listening and take it easy